Welcome, everybody, to the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six-pack and talk about three different topics each over the course of one beer. I'm your host, Nick Wagella, and I'm joined today for the second time in Split Six history, Vinny Monea. Hi! <laughs> How's it going, Vince? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited right now. I'm just like so full of energy. Yes. Like, I feel like I could step outside right now and just run around the block three times and then come inside and do some jumping jacks and then go back outside and run around some more. <laughs> Vince literally did come into my house screaming today and nonstop chattering uh, <laughs> right in the way, which is good because I feel a little drained, so I think we're going to compliment each other well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be the yin to my yang. Yes, I'll be the drowsy to your arousy. I don't <laughs> uh, ecstatic. <laughs> All right. don't, don't worry, it, it'll it'll die as soon as we get to the sports section. Oh, it's okay. I'll take care of that. That's a, that's the least I can do. Thanks. <laughs> so, how was your week and weekend in life, Finn? I haven't seen you. I missed you on game night at your brother's house. Well, your house, but yeah. your brother was hosting. Yeah. Um. Uh. So I had to work. Uh. You know, which, you know, some upsides and some downsides of that. But, uh, so Ooh. that's actually, like, I'd say 80%, per- 80% of what I've been doing recently is working. Ooh. Yeah, and all right. <laughs> Foodland is awesome, seriously. Like, I love I love Larry's Foodland. They're cool. Larry's um, Foodland, a local grocery store around here that Vince is the manager at. Yeah. Um, uh, and actually it's really cool. Speaking of Nino, um, I don't know if he told you, uh, when, uh, you were over at our house, uh, for that games night that I couldn't attend, uh, but he will actually be joining the JAG Corps. Yep. I did hear about that Mm -hmm. and found out what the JAG Corps was, which Mm -hmm. is like Mm -hmm. some kind of a lawyer military thing. Yeah. Being a military lawyer. So, um, I'm sure he's going to have some... Not where I thought Nino was going, to be honest. (laughs) Me me neither. Me neither. Uh, I mean, me uh, personally, I I don't see why he he didn't stay with the Michigan Supreme Court. I mean, that's where I would have stayed. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, you get some pretty cool benefits, you know, working for the military. Yeah. and I'm sure, if nothing else, the cases he will have to work on will not be boring. Yeah, now someone else, someone that could already destroy us with his mind is now going to be trained to physically kill us. Yeah, um, I, I think... <laughs> Supervillain, supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, I, congrats, Nino. <laughs> yeah, oh, please don't kill us. <laughs> well, Vince, before we delay any more time, why don't we look at this special beer I got for us tonight? Ooh. You can go ahead and read it for the people. Atomic Tantrum Overdrive. I think it's actually pronounced Tauntaun. What? Oh my gosh, you're right. It is Tauntaun. Oh my gosh. Um, so, uh, Atomic Tauntaun Overdrive. Ale brewed with strawberries and habanero <laughs> peppers. I'm going risky here, man. Ooh, Last yeah, time I had this... an ale brewed with peppers, it was the second worst beer I've had on this podcast. But it, and I, uh, yeah, this, it's going to be distinctive. Yeah. I think the the last bad beer I had uh, was, it was a cherry hibiscus beer. And I remember thinking to myself, like, dang, I mean, whether I hate this or love it, like, this is going to be really distinctive. 
and it was just like aggressively forgettable. It was I hate, bad, but I hate aggressively flavored beer. Forgettable. Yeah, I, don't know. I feel I feel like I I want to like it more than I do, but I've just hated every cherry beer I've had. You know, fuck cherries. Let's open these. Hey, cherries are rich in iron. You leave them alone. <laughs> fuck iron. Oh, this is by Greenbush, by the way, and it is seven point seven percent with twenty IBUs. Cheers. Cheers. I actually really like it. Um, that's interesting. That is a really interesting flavor. The strawberries may much more intense than the habanero, but you can feel that slight kick at the end. Yeah. Um, huh. That is actually really interesting. Beer number one. Sport. Definitely the most flavorful beer I've had on this podcast in a long time because mostly I've just been doing IPAs. Well, it's like it, you you are right. The 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 strawberry flavor is actually very pronounced with that like an aftertone of the pepper. That's yeah. good. That's actually really good. I thought it might might have been a little spicy because I've had this one beer that is really spicy, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not. So I'm I'm kind of missing out on the habanero pepper. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm if Paul Hollywood was here, I'm not sure how he would react to this beer. I, I w- one other thing I do want to say about this beer, uh, since it is called. Tauntaun Overdrive in my own headcanon. This is now the flavor Luke Skywalker had in his mouth when Han put him <laughs> inside that Tauntaun. I knew that's why I got this beer for you because I was like, ah, it's Tauntaun. He's going to like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, on to sports. We just finished NFL week two. Woo. Notable news for the local team. They still suck and <laughs> they always will. Though the game was a lot closer this week. It is embarrassing watching this team lose to teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. Um, uh, Agreed, actually. Uh, I feel like this last game uh, against the 49ers, uh, it was, someone else put it very aptly, it was a game of almosts. It was a game of of the Lions almost doing well, them almost making those cool plays, them almost. Almost getting those touchdowns. Almost not being the Lions, but... Yeah, can you believe it? You know, for once, I'd like us to come out there mm-hmm. in the beginning of the game and maybe have a touchdown drive in the first drive of the game. Or, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not go three and out until we're down by, like, multiple touchdowns and then the oh. defense starts playing easy. And then, of course, Stafford can take over. But not in the cards for us this season, I fear. Yeah, or it would be nice, like, man, when the, they... they the Lions got that interception in last Sunday's yep. game and you're like oh my gosh yes and then it's like oh foul hold, was it like it was, face yeah, mask de- holding. holding yeah uh, plays canceled like come on man that's not cool yeah they actually did send that play to the NFL because it was kind of a bullshit call but you know Ooh. we shouldn't have been in that position anyway so I'm not going to blame it on a call um, I, I mean uh, that uh uh, I can't remember uh, what was the dude's name. Oh yeah, so I can I'm p- apologize in advance uh, for butchering this fellow's name, but Le Garrett 
Blount or Blunt? Blunt. Yeah. Legarrett <laughs> Blunt. Uh, I, uh, I I thought that was quite amusing how he pushed that 49ers player. Yeah. He just, it, just came right over and just like pushed him down like, what? What? <laughs> he was uh, protecting the quarterback because Stafford took a set, like not really that questionable, but could have been questionable hit outside of bounds. And that's what players are supposed to do, protect your quarterback. Mm-hmm. But, you know, also foolish in my opinion because it, I think it got a. I, he got honest, ejected from the game yeah, for that. Yeah, kind which, of cool. but he sucks anyway. Get him off this team. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes, I think he's just hindering. Right, we got a rookie running back, and this guy like starts above him. Mm-hmm. And our rookie running back is better, and every single person will tell you he's better. And Blunt is just hindering him, and or or the Lions are misusing Blunt because Blunt is like a more powerful, like straight ahead back. Like mm-hmm. better at getting like one yard, which we don't use him for that though, because we're idiots. It's like, uh, well, the the thing is to your point there about protecting your quarterback. That actually doesn't protect his quarterback because he just you got himself ejected from the game, yeah, so yeah. he actually hurt his quarterback <laughs> quite badly there you know, by pushing that <laughs> other guy. I listen to a lot of sports talk radio around here, and a lot of analysts or hosts of these shows were like. They liked that move, and a lot of people like that move just because, you know, it's sticking up for your quarterback. But I just think anything that makes your team have a better chance of losing is stupid, and, and I don't, and, I don't, and I don't also, really care. Like, this isn't I, fucking I, hockey where fighting's allowed and <laughs> sanctioned. This is the NFL where you got to be on your best behavior at all times. Yeah, they, they don't just start – This is yeah, exactly. Like, you know, in hockey, you know – players start fighting and then like the audience starts throwing octopi onto the ring and the, the <laughs> octopi like turn giant and they start fighting the players and the players hockey sticks turn into lightsaber hockey sticks and it's, it's fun but i mean it's not football yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you can tell i've watched a lot of hockey um like uh, but uh, i actually think it's really bad i really don't I'm not happy to hear that, that the sports radio whatnots are uh, happy with him, Blunt pushing the 49ers player, because I feel like like uh, violence, even if it's, you know, it wasn't really that bad, he just pushed him down, he didn't like, you know, step on his throat or something, yeah. but like violence against another player at when like the game is on pause, that's bad. Okay, that is really bad yeah. sportsmanship. I mean, I mean, you can like say something to him, maybe give him a shove, like, like, mm-hmm. but not something spank that's going to get you a penalty flag. Yeah, give <laughs> yeah. him a nice spanking. <laughs> <laughs> um, in other sports news for week two, uh, the biggest thing that ha- just happened: um, wide receiver Josh Gordon of the Cleveland Browns has been traded to the Patriots for a fifth round pick, where and they may receive a conditional seventh of Josh. Josh Gordon plays 10 games or something. I don't know. But, um, Vince, I'm not sure if you know who Josh Gordon is because I know you're not the biggest football fan. I am sorry. I do not know who that is. So he is a notably talented wide receiver from the Browns, you know, Mm -hmm. the other sorry franchise in the league. (laughs) Um, But he's had some off-the-field issues, like with marijuana and with not being into the game. Mm -hmm. But his talent is unquestioned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if he were to put it all together – theoretically he could be a top 10 receiver in the league mm-hmm. he never could get it going with the browns so guess who steps in the dark-sided patriots step in and you know what i've got a feeling it's gonna work out there and they just paid real cheap for one of them for what could be 
an amazing receiver in the league. Because something like this has happened before with Randy Moss, mm-hmm. who was another elite player back in the day, was on the Raiders, and the, the Raiders traded him to the Patriots for probably something cheap, and he ended up having a record-setting year with touchdowns caught. So, oh, wow. You know, Dang. Patriots do your thing that's why you're the best organization in football and that's why organizations like the lions try to emulate you but to no avail because we don't have any balls (laughs) speaking of the lions trying to emulate the patriots so you know uh the the lions have one of the patriots former coaches uh matt patricia yep maddie patty um so uh how long do you think until we'll actually start to see improvements from Patricia's leadership? And why, as someone who's more familiar with the uh, inside baseball of this game than yeah. I am, why do you think we aren't seeing more immediate effects of Patricia being on the Lions? Well, um, I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would guess that um, I, I would guess that our GM was trying to set the roster up in a certain way for our previous coach, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous if that's the case. And he knew, cause it seemed like this RGM knew he was going to hire Patricia once he finally had a good reason to get rid of Caldwell. So I don't, I don't know. So, and then, so because he cut some of these players that had value under the past regime and, you know, but then also in the off season, he didn't address anything to do with the defensive line which is our biggest weakness right now mm-hmm. in our, our front seven. Um, you know, and everyone's thinking, oh, Matt Patricia is going to cover that up because he's a, you know, he's literally a rocket scientist and <laughs> he comes from the Patriots and they've always found a way to make players that shouldn't have the value they have, have better value. But, you know, one of the reasons could be uh, Matt Patricia isn't Bill Belichick and Bill Be- Belichick cannot be emulated. That could be a thing. Um, two, mm-hmm. we don't have Tom Brady. Tom Brady mm-hmm. covers up for a lot. Matt mm-hmm. Stafford is showing that he has taken a step back this year, and I don't know. I've been a, a supporter of his, but the way he played these first two games is embarrassing and unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And um, I, and he's never he's never really done anything too remarkable, other than these like late game heroics against defenses that are a little lax mm-hmm. because they already have such a lead. You know that's why last. Mm-hmm. Or two years ago, he set the record for most ever fourth quarter comebacks. <laughs> and, you know, you know, the way to set that record is to get down in football games because you're not <laughs> consistent throughout the whole thing. But, you know, it's something that you can gloat about because it's exciting, you know. Well, and that means there are two things that the Lions are good at. Now we're good at kicking field goals and these fourth <laughs> quarter comebacks you speak of. We do have we, – we have had some good kicker fortune throughout uh, our yeah, franchise history. I, I remember, you know, uh, when I was little, you know, watching the Lion game, Lions games with my dad. And I remember, like, that was the one thing you could always – depend on the Lions being good at was kicking field goals. Yep, Jason Hansen, legend. Mo- mm. Most points in Detroit Lion history. Wait, actually? Yep. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not super surprising because kickers play for a long time, but, mm-hmm. you know, still. Um, And so Matt Stafford, our uh, quarterback. Yeah. Uh, so is it true that he's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? 
It was at a time, but mm-hmm. no, he's. I think he's either he's top five, but he. I think it might be dropped down to fourth because mm-hmm. the way quarterbacks works, you know, that's they, whoever like is in like the upper echelon, they're gonna get paid like as much as they can. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna like set a new deal every time. So Stafford will. Stafford got paid, mm-hmm. and then you know a quarterback equal a little less or a little more after him gets paid. You mm-hmm. know, and it keeps going every time one of the franch they call them franchise quarterbacks gets paid. So, you know, I don't want to fret about the contract too much. I just want to fret about, like, the fact that he's regressing or not progressing or, I mean, I don't know. He's probably plateaued. He's already 30, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. He's some, Something is missing. I think we need to fire our offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I guess I thought this was going to happen this year, and I was sorely wrong. Maybe I am overreacting it by definition, but I'm done with it right now. I feel like my football season's ruined. It's like uh, I, I've heard some people say that, oh, well, we need to wait till next year. Then we'll really start seeing Matt uh, Patricia's improvements. Um, and uh, then next year, the Lions will be really rocking. But it's yeah. like, I mean, yes, I hope next year they, they are, quote unquote, rocking yeah but uh uh i don't want to wait i don't want to wait another year for them to play okay it's like i don't want to wait another year for them to stop sucking it's literally every my whole since i've been like a big fan of lions because probably right around the time we got matthew stafford Mm -hmm. um i've always heard we're three years away we're two years away or just one more year Mm -hmm. and then this was it never comes this never comes never comes yeah which it's like uh, um, we are the most sorry franchise probably in all of sports. I mean, like if you like look at it, the Browns have been probably just as bad as us since they were re like because the Browns were in Cleveland and they moved away to Baltimore, I believe. Oh, that might be wrong. They moved away somewhere else. Um, but I'll take your word for it. But um, <laughs> then they came back, and you know, and it's still like Browns get all this hype, like even around the like the national media, like the Browns are all over ESPN right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Lions never are. They're just this cute team that plays on Thanksgiving every year, yeah. and no one cares about. And the owner doesn't care about us. They're, I, our, I don't know. Our fans are relentlessly loyal. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I mean, like, I, I really have to wonder how many other football teams have such a religiously loyal fan base. Because I mean, we have the Lions one playoff the, win in sixty years. Yeah, yeah. The, the the Lions have done nothing but disappoint, and they still have people that love them. And it's it, it's like it feels like you know we're we're like a really loving, supporting spouse, and mm. we keep we keep paying for you know our husband the lions to we keep we keep supporting them and encouraging them and giving them extra chances and it gets cool honey like this year you'll do better and here let's try this and you know do this maybe this will be better and they just keep failing and disappointing and it's just it's sad it's sad because we're it's like we're we're just stepping into like the the end of like a marriage here either we're stepping into the end of the marriage or this is going to be one of those relationships where like yeah we just we die disappointed uh uh together yeah because if i if you know if i could control and like have a choice i 
I wish I could like just like all right, I'm rooting for a different team for now on. I'm like uh, I'm a Chiefs fan because they look fun, but I can't. I'm a Lions fan. I I can't mm-hmm. change. I always am going to be. And I'm I don't know. It's a, maybe it's a disease I have, but I cannot not be a fan of this team. It just sucks. You know. You know what's funny? Mm-hmm. Um, some Lions history for you folks. Uh, they were good in like the, sometime in like the mid fifties. Uh, mid to late fifties, where they had this quarterback and they won mm. championships with him. Mm-hmm. You know, it was before the Super Bowl era. Yeah. Um, so it's funny was... they won the the best games they could possibly win in football before the Super Bowl. As soon as yeah. the Super Bowl comes in, like we're not going to win this. Well, you know what happened? No, we had this quarterback named Bobby Lane who was like the best in the league or something. Uh-huh. And we traded him away. And when he left, he uh-huh. said he. This team will not win for 50 years. What? And it was the curse of Bobby Lane. And it literally has surpassed 50 years, and they still haven't won. What? So maybe I think Bobby Lane, you said? Yeah. I think he went to the Salem Witches and Wizards Academy. (laughs) He might have like gone abroad, done a semester at Hogwarts too. But I think it's quite clear he is a practitioner of the dark arts. You know, and it was it's there was like these crazy circumstances that like tied Bobby Lane to Matthew Stafford. Like I think they went to the same high school. What? I think Matthew Stafford was drafted exactly fifty years after Bobby Lane said that. Mm -hmm. And you know, you know and they were so they so all these things that lined up to like for Stafford to be the savior like Stafford we want you to be the savior we will we will literally build you a statue if you just win one playoff game <laughs> just take us to a super bowl we'll build you a statue uh we so want to make you our make you our savior but alas yeah maybe you don't have what it takes maybe there is just something just so stinky about the Lions organization that we get screwed over by refs at the worst times because that does happen and doesn't happen to other teams, but mm-hmm. we should be able to overcome it, and we can't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, so, so in terms of the like uh, referee decisions against us, so, um, you know, yeah, I'm sure that is a factor, and that sucks. But I feel like the Lions suck hard enough for them to fail regardless of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's only one time where it was egregious to the point where I th- I thought it was rigged. And that was a couple of years ago, 2015, against the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. I was they, they literally threw a flag for pass interference. Um, against the team that was guarding our receiver, mm-hmm. had a meeting and just picked up the flag and said it wasn't a penalty. And the subsequent <laughs> events that followed ended up having us lose a game that we were up by multiple touchdowns on. Aww. It was so sad. It was most one of the most mad I've ever been. But hmm. alas, the Lions fans. Yeah, I I remember kind of a random note here. I uh, I remember your dad saying one time that uh, if the Lions got to the Super Bowl, it would be the happiest day of his life. 
and <laughs> Mitchell said something to the effect of like even even better than the day I was born and and he said oh yeah definitely <laughs> yeah and I know that's true father <laughs> <laughs> so I mean come on Detroit Lions give Alan Wagilla the best day of his life dagnabbit yeah the Lions last playoff win I believe was like a week before I was born so <laughs> I, I might need to be sacrificed <laughs> In uh, some some other NFL news that we have to touch on. <laughs> yeah, for a while it was like ever since I was born, the Red Wings didn't miss the playoffs. And ever since I was born, the Lions didn't ma- win a playoff game. Hmm. So, you know, you would take some, you, you lose some. But anyways, hmm. um, so the Kansas City Chiefs quarter, new quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, threw hmm. six touchdowns this weekend. Ooh. Which was followed by four the previous week, setting an NFL record per ten touchdowns in two games, which is insane because he's it's his first year starting, mm-hmm. so second year and he was he's he was drafted last year. He was a rookie, but he didn't play. Sat behind someone. Mm-hmm. Coming out this year, this kid's a young little boy playing playing better than any quarterback in the league right now. <laughs> Um, for the Chiefs. So if you need a new fan to or a new base to look out for, a new team to to try to root for, go mm. for go for Patty Mahomes. I like that. <laughs> um also this weekend um <laughs> there's some turmoil in Pittsburgh. You know Pittsburgh Steelers one of the most storied franchises in the NFL. <laughs> um so they have like uh they have like one of the best running backs in the league. Mm. Have, have you heard of Le'Veon Bell? No, I have not. Um, well, he's holding out right now because he wants a new contract. Nah. So, uh, you know, he was in our, in our fantasy league. He was the second player drafted because he's that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, this guy, our friend Eric, is getting screwed because mm-hmm. he's not playing. Um, <laughs> and you don't know when he's gonna play because uh, he's he wants to get paid and then he's not getting paid. Um, and but over the weekend, the the Steelers just lost to that said Chiefs team. Hmm. And someone from the Steelers organization, I think, or maybe someone that covers the Steelers, tweeted about their other best player was Antonio Brown. He's went to Central Michigan, actually. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, uh, friend of the pod, Jeremy. Smoked, oh, smoked Jeremy. weed with him at Central Michigan. Hi, Jeremy. Fun fact. <laughs> You're a cool dude. <laughs> um, but uh, someone tweeted about him saying, like, Antonio, the only reason Antonio Brown is good and worth or getting paid the money he gets paid is because he's on a team with Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. And then Antonio Brown said on Twitter, all right, fine, then trade me, and hasn't reported to camp today. Huh? <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with the Steelers, but uh, that sounds like trouble in, trouble in, in relative paradise comparative to, comparatively to the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, that's... You know, when there's like these, you know, uh, behind the scenes arguments, like all the, uh, the the people in Pittsburgh, they're like, OK, this is bad, but at least we're not Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, you know, the 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 way like, you know, I mean, really, I think I think we serve a noble purpose in that regard. Like any other sports team can look at us and you know feel better about themselves you know what that's true but you know i think most sports team would say at least we're not the browns because they don't even give us the time of day i think people forget that we're a football team until it's thanksgiving 
Did you notice every sitcom that has a Thanksgiving special? Mm-hmm. The Lions are always on it. Mm-hmm. That's their biggest thing they get all mm-hmm. freaking year. Mm-hmm. And and it's great. Actually, that works out really nicely because everyone's sedated by tryptophan that day. So they're too uh, tired to be angry. Tryptophan? Is that from like a turkey or something? Yeah, it's the uh, uh, thing that makes you sleepy that's in turkey. Ah, three years without turkey, though. Good good for me. Ooh, so uh, another way you could word that is by saying that turkey is somniferous because it has tryptophan <laughs> in it. Because... Welcome to wordplay with Vinny <laughs> Monet. All right, what does that word mean? Uh, somniferous means sleep-inducing. So you could say, for example, that uh, algebra, cl- algebra class is somniferous. Watching the lions is somniferous. Yeah, it's either somniferous or enraging. One of the two. Could it be enragingly somniferous? Oh my that, gosh! Does that, con- does that contradict itself? Huh. I wonder. Do, 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 when the experience both of those at the same time, does it just like equal out to normal? You know, if someone was so mad that they fell asleep, I would imagine that that's the most mad they've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, this season in itself mm. for the Lions, it's not Ooh. like there was and, there were seasons where they started off good and had these incredible mishaps and games, mm-hmm. and that's when I've been the most enragingly somniferous. Well, and, no, and uh, so a uh, little little fun fact about turkey. Did you know that turkey was the first meat eaten in space? I did not know that. Yeah. That is another fun sports fact. Yeah. <laughs> know, very, very sports related. Very sports related. You know, tur- it could be turkey related because uh, it's going to be fall in like two days, I think. I know, it's so cool. Are you excited for fall? <laughs> like, seriously, I love, I love fall. Fall's yeah. awesome. I like fall only because of football and fantasy football, especially. Ooh, but I mean, it's great. You got like great weather. Um, you got beautiful, like pretty happy, colorful leaves and yeah, you get raking like the leaves, which is week. awesome. Like, uh, well, I mean, if you have a, like different trees have different times where they, they, uh, in their leaves change color and fall. Yeah, so once, I mean, like, the first as long as go. you have a good variety of trees in your neighborhood, it works out. <laughs> I have um, all pine. <laughs> hey, so it's evergreen then. <laughs> you think you're fine. So, uh... Um, and then you got, you got like really nice weather where it's pleasantly cold, but not super cold and you get bonfires and you get yummy food and, uh, apples and apple pie and apple sauce and, uh, more Anything apples food are related, awesome. Vince and, could go on forever. About. I know. <laughs> and, and, and you got Yumicon in fall too and Halloween. So yeah, I got lots to look forward to uh yeah great winter is coming that's all i have to say i love winter (laughs) um so vince i didn't i don't sorry back to sports (laughs) i didn't really get to talk about this when it happened because i was it was during my uh off weeks of the podcast but i'm sure you saw stuff about the colin kaepernick ad with nike Ah, yes yes i did so nike shares are up now Mm. as high as they've ever been um definitely in a tribute attribute it to Colin Kaepernick and the polarization he causes one way or the other. How do you feel about the ads and whatnot? Um, I think it's really good that this guy 
um, is being essentially essentially rewarded for living his convictions that you know he he felt that he needed to call attention to this issue and he did so in a non-violent and uh, non-hateful way. I think that's awesome, and I think it's stupid that the NFL is essentially banning him from football. And his, I hope his, his lawsuit, lawsuit going forward. I hope he wins his lawsuit, and I'm very happy that uh, he will be able to make uh, a nice amount of money with these Nike ads in the meantime. Also, uh, neat thing about that is that uh, um, so despite the videos you may have seen uh, of people. Uh, burning their Nike products in protest of Nike airing these <laughs> ads. Um, actually, uh, it's only old people that find this controversial. Yes, I know, not technically only old people, but re- yeah. really, it's only old people like who find this con- controversial. Like, uh, most Gen Xers don't find this controversial and uh, uh overwhelming number of millennials uh support this yeah um also it should be noted that uh uh i think you yeah, have to check me on this but i believe rockport is also uh wanting uh um kaepernick to uh do ads for them the hell's rockport sounds like a pokemon Oh my god! It's like like a eighth generation Pokemon where they start running out of names, so they start naming <laughs> them with like pieces of the earth and like types of plant or cities or something. It, uh, to me, it sounds like a, a harbor city from Game of Thrones, but uh, oh, okay. no, it's it's a shoe store. Okay, nice. Well, it's um, my I think it's my dad's so favorite shoe store. Actually, one of Jeremy. So Jeremy's been like kind of a against this mm-hmm. um one of his, Hi again jeremy one of his complaints was um mm-hmm. the tagline of the ad which is stand for something even if it means sacrificing everything mm-hmm. and he had some issues with that i think mm-hmm. regarding like people because you know the people are against the anthem protests are saying it's disrespect for the truth to the troops who sacrifice everything as in their life for the country mm-hmm. but well so I uh I I disagree with that because they those those brave men and women sacrificed themselves for a country that has free speech and he is exercising his right to free speech again in a non-hateful non-violent way um I think that uh that's a great way to honor their sacrifice. Yeah. I I don't it's not like he's not burning the flag he's not um saying that i hope all military personnel go to hell or something um i i i think um i would take he's literally saying Mm -hmm. he's literally saying that he's Mm -hmm. sacrificing his like career for Mm -hmm. people who have mm -hmm. died for no reason who have gave who have sacrificed their life for just being black or something you know mm-hmm. um and and also uh i i 
to those people who say that Colin Kaepernick. Oh, sorry. It's okay. We'll continue on. Your number two entertainment. Finish your thought, please. I always go over in these. I can't stop talking. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I think to the to people who say that um, you know Colin Kaepernick is disrespecting our troops, like I would say. Uh, you know, respectfully, I don't think this pro this this issue has anything to do with the troops. And if you are really concerned about the legacy of our uh, military veterans uh, being besmirched, I really think you should be turning your wrath towards Donald Trump because he has been very disrespectful to. Uh, the families of fallen soldiers who happen to disagree politically with him, and also uh, maybe maybe you know throw in a little uh, hate against the Westboro Baptist Church while you're at it. All right, we will get to all those topics in about a half hour. Um, but Vince, it's the entertainment section, and you know what happened yesterday? What? It was the Emmys. Do you care? Shoot, I do care, and I forgot all about that. Dad, jam it. It's okay. Um, I don't know anything, nor do I really care, other than I think Game of Thrones won best drama series or whatever. Oh, good, cool, cool. I know. Um, I was disappointed that uh Steven Universe wasn't nominated for best animated show. I've uh, never I, seen that show. I I love Steven Universe. That is my favorite currently airing tv is it on show. like adult swim or something no it's on cartoon network it's, oh, okay. it is it is a children's show oh. <laughs> but i i love that show it is is just so warm fuzzy <laughs> okay well did you come i know you came prepared with a list of topics over there what do you got for entertainment um so give me one second to open my second beer here uh, the atomic tauntauns what do you think that means because it, it can't be referenced to an actual tauntaun as in the star wars tauntaun <clears throat> Hmm. The logo Excuse looks me. like looks like a it's a, it's an atom. Yeah. Um. So I actually don't know. That's an excellent question. Hmm. Well, these so, beers are um, making Vince burpy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I just got all my burps out there <laughs> um, in anticipation of the second beer. Uh. So darn. I I wish I had I'd watched the the Emmys and happy happy to see that Game of Thrones won an award. Um, I just don't care about the Emmys. Mm-hmm. I never have. I don't really care about any reward shows anymore as we go mm-hmm. forward. The Oscars are okay because they're fun to talk about on this podcast, but mm-hmm. otherwise, I don't give a shit. <laughs> so, award shows um, overrated. Judging art, first of all, is overrated because, come on, it's it's all subjective. Ah, oh, but it's fun. <sighs> and also, and also, like uh, I, I think that uh, judging art can be a great way to give a spotlight to art that might not have been noticed otherwise. I mean, like, for example, um, uh, you know, there are a lot of indie films and documentaries um, that uh, get noticed, even if they don't actually win an award, just being nominated, you know, gets them attention that they would not have otherwise gotten. Right, but a lot of it's based on like ad campaigns that like mm-hmm. studios set oh, up. For. Oh, oh, yeah. I guess you're right. You're right for indie films. Yeah, but like, I'm I'm not saying that it's like Game it of Thrones be is getting it, it's getting its shit because uh, of its producers going out there and 
marketing it the way it does, along with being one of the most expensive shows ever to create. Mm-hmm. But anyways. Um, so, um, so, uh, I guess, uh, so speaking of, dang it, I, I hope I don't keep burping this whole segment. <laughs> um, so you're going to sound just like the person on your shirt. Yes. Like uh, Marty, I need that <laughs> moose sauce. And the Szechuan moose sauce. It's my, my character arc, Marty. Oh, jeez, Rick, I don't know. Oh. Shut up, Marty. Don't interrupt me while I'm talking about the moose sauce. <laughs> Uh, um, blah, 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 <laughs> I'm a meme lord. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, also, I I think that the Rick and Morty will end with the reveal that the the reason Rick is so nihilistic is because he knows that he's a cartoon character, and that's why he doesn't <laughs> care about anything because he knows he's just a cartoon. Uh, that could be it. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyways, um, so uh, speaking of uh, expensive to produce shows, um, I know uh, Netflix is actually uh, going to be making a Witcher TV show. I um, heard about this, but I'm not familiar with what Witcher is. So, it, next time Jordan's on the podcast, ask okay. him about it because he's a big fan of the series. And I wish I knew more about it's, it. It's an anime, right? Uh, no, actually, it's a. It was a Polish book series oh. that got turned into video game, a video game series by a Polish video game studio. Okay. Um, and uh, it's garnered uh, quite a bit of a uh, critical praise. Um, like I said, I I don't actually know that much about it myself. So you haven't but, read any of the books? Uh, no, I have not, unfortunately. Okay. Um. Uh, pretty much my knowledge comes from watching like bits of let's plays on YouTube, like, uh, um, like, uh, and is that like people playing the video game or something? Yeah. Okay. They're playing a video game. Like a Twitch stream or something. Yeah, kind of? exactly. Um, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then, uh, so they got the guy who, um, played superman in batman versus superman man of steel justice league henry cavill 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 i think his name cavill i think it was cavill yeah so henry cavill uh will be playing Geralt of riviera and uh the alt-right is triggered because uh his uh like the the player two uh um cyril uh, or Siri, sorry, I think it's her name. Uh, the girl character, the girl play- playable character. Uh, there are rumors that even though she's white in the video games, that they're gonna get a black girl to play her in the TV show, and the the alt right's real mad about that. They're like, oh, "You're racist against Polish people because you're getting a freaking <laughs> American actor." And I'm that's a what I heard. Black girl. That's to- you know what? That's what I heard about this, and. Uh, I thought it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like actual racism, not. Oh no, no! It's and, it, and mind you, I don't even think Netflix has confirmed their <laughs> casting a black girl to play Sir, I the girl's character, that character. Yeah. Like, uh, um, now do we know if this was specifically described as a white or black character in the books? I don't know, actually. I know that, like, when... But, but, like, 
it is i i think it's like assumed because it's the series the books are very based in european folklore yeah but i mean really like it's it's fantasy yeah so honestly I don't, I don't have care. we not seen enough shit focused on white people especially white males no, no, Nick. That is super racist against Polish people. How dare you, you disgusting well, racist! They had a similar thing, I think, with um, when they were doing the plays for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and they mm-hmm. cast a black Hermione. Uh huh. But I think <laughs> people I, got mad about that. I, I, I could be, I could be wrong, because mm-hmm. you know how the internet works. But I mm-hmm. thought I saw that J.K. Rowling shot an excerpt of how she, the only way she described Hermione in the books, and it just said that she was like a curly-haired girl, like with like freckles or something and never said her skin no shut up nick hermione (laughs) is white and that's the end of the story yeah honestly uh the only thing about that that i agree with is you can't replace emma watson i love her so much no i think that's actually the reason why people were mad they were like oh my gosh emma watson (laughs) and they got someone else and they were like not emma watson rage (laughs) yeah (laughs) um uh but i was gonna say it's actually um really interesting so uh so in terms of the dc cinematic universe the the soon to be aborted dc cinematic universe um like so we got henry cavill out as superman uh ben affleck has been super open about he does not want to play batman anymore good good Um, he was the worst i think there are um rumblings now they may or may not be true but there are you know rumors that uh the guy who i can't remember his name the guy cal drogo the guy who plays aquaman he that he wants to get out of doing the role as aquaman and i don't know how this has been resolved yet but i know uh gal gadette the uh the girl plays uh wonder woman Mm. uh she was saying uh, she won't reprise her role as Wonder Woman unless Warner Brothers gets rid of this. Um, I can't remember what his name is or what his actual position within the film industry is, but this like scum, sexist scumbag loser who is a friend of Harvey Weinstein's oh, and also yes. a predator like Harvey Weinstein. So hopefully Warner Brothers will uh, side with Gal Gadot over the sexual predator. You know, they, but we don't know. The, so the only person who hasn't, there aren't rumors about them not wanting to play a member of the Justice League anymore is the guy who played the Flash. So that's pretty much the only person we got guaranteed is the Flash. And, you know, honestly, they need to just, like, reboot this whole thing. Oh, yeah, the DC Cinematic or, Universe or needs stop. to reboot. Or just stop. Because... I mean, I'd like to see good DC movies. I would like to see a cool, good DC Cinematic Universe. Zack Snyder should have nothing to do with it. Um, yeah, and, honestly, uh, Superman should have nothing to do with it because Superman is a flawed character that's never had a successful movie made about him because he's Well, too, the first Superman movie was very uh, profitable. Well, okay, it, profitable it was, and good are different. Uh, I mean, like, it was... Well, okay, Probably I guess it depends on studios, how you but... determine success. But, uh, um, I know... Uh, I'm trying to remember. What was I going to say? Shoot. Um... Come on, Vinny. Oh, well. My train of thought just derailed. Well, you know, um, but, okay. but yeah. So, no, I would really like to see a good DC Mac universe. I really hope they don't give up on it. But they... This DC Cinematic Universe has been just 
terribly executed, terribly planned, terribly managed, terribly executed. Roar. Um, uh, And when on the other side, you have the Marvel Cinematic Universe dropping Captain Marvel trailer today. Did you see that? I haven't seen that, but I heard about it. Yay. Yep. Uh, I don't know much about Um, Captain Marvel. mm -hmm. I know she's being played by Brie Larson, Mm -hmm. and I just watched Mm -hmm. the trailer like five minutes before you got here. Oh, cool. Um, What do you think of the trailer? The trailer was underwhelming, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, It takes place in the 90s, and they, of course, started off with a scene with the blockbuster in it, so kind of corny, playing at those uh, nostalgic heartstrings, us millennials, or... Yeah, we're millennials, right? Yeah, we are millennials, um, yes. You know, us uh, older millennials like draw at because mm-hmm. all the things we long for from the 90s. And I, I know it I takes mean, place well, in the 90s. I, I'm a nostalgia whore, so I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, uh, uh, so... Um, but I fear it's going to uh, run out. I feel mm-hmm. like... I feel, fear like... Because, you know, we got like Stranger Things. We got all these other things coming. Well, those are for the 80s. Yeah, but I guess you're right. The 90s are an entirely different entity, but... Mm -hmm. And, like, me personally, like, I have no problem with the the 80s nostalgia milking. Because, like, there were a ton of cool movies and TV shows and rigmarole that came out in the 80s. And I think it's cool that those things are still venerated even today. Because movies like Terminator 2 uh, do deserve to still be venerated and referenced... And fondly remembered even to this day. Uh-huh, yeah. They've, they've really stood the test of time. saw that for the first time in theaters like a year or two ago. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like they, AMC was playing it. Uh-huh. I love that movie. Good for an action movie, but actions aren't my favorite. Really? Oh, I love action movies. I love action movies. Like, that is one of my favorite movies. It got points because it had to deal with time and the twisting of it, and that's what I like the most. And it's I a, love so, sci-fi It's a really well done time travel story. Yeah. Um... Like, uh, I, I think actually Terminator 2 is the most referenced film in pop culture. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Yep. It it had memes before memes were a thing. It just I like how they just flipped uh, from the, the first one just on its head, just mm-hmm. like changed. And it made the antagonist of the first one the protagonist of the second one, essentially. Yeah, and and I, I really like... Aaron Schwarzenegger. Yeah, well, I know he was great in that role. Uh, I I really like the the films, like just the attitude it has about how you know just because it seems like the future is screwed doesn't mean you have to just sit down and accept that the future is screwed. You can do you can do something to improve mm. the world and your life situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw... Um, and also, like, the 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 T-1000, the liquid metal Terminator, like, oh, so cool! Yeah, that's one of the things I was most impressed for it being an 80s film and having the special effects that it did. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but in regards to, like, controlling the future or, like, thinking about the future, when I saw, like, a cool meme the other day, it said, like, everyone always thinks about when you go back in time uh, and you, like, you worried about doing one little thing and having a butterfly effect forward but no mm-hmm. one really thinks of that in the present so maybe we should be all a little bit more aware of what we're doing in the present 
Ooh, speaking of the present. So, uh, I assume you heard about the uh, the flooding in North Carolina as a result of Hurricane Florence. Does this have to do with entertainment? Yes. Okay. I find this <laughs> immensely entertaining. What, not, the not, not the flooding. Not the flooding. <laughs> no, I love human misery. Oh, my gosh. I, I love hearing about people dying. Oh, don't we disasters. all? But so... Um, so it's so cool. So as uh, like so, if there's one silver lining to this flooding, it's that uh, we got we now know like the world knows that fire ants can float. Oh, we found. How do we find this out? Ooh, and we so didn't know this before. I find we, that we hard did to know believe. it before, oh. but uh, <laughs> now it's popular knowledge. So it's so cool. So when uh. Like, there's flooding. Fire ant colonies actually, like, swarm out of their nests. Okay. And they actually all, like, they all hold hands. They all, like, link together into this giant, like, blob of ants. Yeah. And... Like, like, like one million ants? Yeah, like, it's... I don't know the exact number of a colony, but it's, it's a lot of ants. I'm talking about the famous Rick and Morty character. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yes, <laughs> like that guy. Yes, yes. And actually, like that guy, they keep the queen at the center, so she's safe oh, all the cool. time. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's really cool. They actually float, and they actually, so ants can hold their breath for a like, crazy long amount of time. But what they do is, so always keeping the queen at the center, so she never needs to hold her breath, yeah. uh, they, like, rotate shifts, so, like, each ant gets its time like underwater and each ant gets its time on the surface so it can breathe. Um, and there's like video footage of these little like ant islands just floating around the like flooded suburbs. Like, and man, that is so cool. Like, man, sometimes I, I wonder if we didn't, instead of evolving from uh, apes, we evolved from ants with hmm. how they treat their societies and how we do ours. That is actually <laughs> like super interesting because like it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting. Yeah. Just how organized ant society is. And like, I mean, they are so mindlessly loyal i mean mm -hmm. it's it almost questionable like yeah no it's questionable whether they have any amount of self-awareness actually because the like the you know, i often ant, i often think that yeah because i mean like you can if you get ant pheromones like the kind the the scouts leave they leave like little trails of pheromones for other ants to follow mm -hmm. um if you get like a bucket of that uh and you like a little ear cleaner in there a little suave and you just like wipe it on the way with it on the floor or something like the ants will follow that like they'll follow it around just endlessly um so i think of cinnamon <laughs> like it put down a trail of cinnamon and have it lead out of your house the ants will follow it out of your house really yeah i mean so it's like it's like they're little it's it's actually it's very accurate to think of ants as robots because they I behave like too. robots. And it's actually really cool. Speaking of uh, fire ants specifically. So um, it's actually not their bites that are super painful. They actually can sting. They have little stingers like little wasps. Oh, really? Like little wingless wasps. And they, they what they do is they bite you to get a, a grip, like a solid grip. Then they sting you. Oh, uh, man, I remember this one time down in Georgia where my uh, grandma and grandpa used to live. Mm -hmm. uh, while they were alive, um, we were at their house, 
and there was like just their their front yard we were playing i think i've already been in florida i don't know memory is mm-hmm. a shady fuck um <laughs> but uh mitchell was down there with me and uh, i think we were doing something outside where there was this mound and it kind of looked like a pitcher's mound yeah and mitchell went and stand on it in bare feet and oh! then i just turned around and i'd hear him screaming and he's just got ants crawling all up his legs, and he's oh, just yeah. screaming. Yeah, no, no. no like, they were the fire ants. Yeah, like, they will... You even, like, poke one of those mounds with a stick, and, like, they they release, like, a, like danger, 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 pheromone, uh, and, like, all the soldier ants just, like, they swarm out. They swarm damn. out, and they, they'll attack anything that happens to be within the vicinity. Um, <laughs> it's actually interesting. So, fire ants... They're actually from South America, so they're an invasive species. Oh, oh my girlfriend and, hates those. Yeah, I know they. Shout use, out to Mel. Uh, does Melissa hate fire ants specifically or invasive species? Oh, invasive, mainly invasive plants. Okay. Ooh. Uh, um. So Melissa, if you ever find some garlic mustard out in your backyard, it is edible and delicious. Um, is it so invasive? Eat, eat that evil invasive species yes (laughs) so uh garlic mustard uh, it's an edible and yummy leafy green i think from england or from the british isles i think originally Uh um it's good yummy uh good for you uh but so its roots secrete a chemical that kills other small plants in its vicinity and in its native habitat that's not too big a deal but here in michigan they can just take over an area by they occupy chiefly around like i think like waterways they just kill all the other small plants around because the native species around here don't they haven't evolved an effective defense against those root chemicals but yeah they smell like garlic they taste garlicky they're yummy um so uh eat them uh (laughs) so um uh, but so yeah, they're an invasive species, and it's really interesting. So uh, they beca- they started like spreading, you know, through the United States. Um, they don't like cold temperatures, so they're they're we don't really have to worry about them too much in Michigan. Yeah. Um, uh, like nuts to this. We'll go back to Florida. Right. Um, so Good. stay down there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so. They they were spreading, spreading through the southern United States. Wait, you're and talking so, about you're talking about the ants. Fire ants. Okay. I wasn't sure if you're still talking about garlic mustard. Fire ants. Yep, yep, okay. yep, 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 yep. And so uh so uh the so what we tried doing originally was so we tried taking some uh decommissioned B fifty two World War Two bomber planes and like having them We're gonna bomb them. Yeah. You know, actually they dropped bombs of like pesticides on huge swaths of land where the fire ants were. I mean huge swaths oh of land. Gosh. And so it's really cool. So the the pesticides None of they, this sounds cool, Vince. So it's so cool. So they, I think they should have tested it on the fire ants specifically more before they actually did this. Oh, you don't but think. So, so what the, the, this pesticide bombing campaign ended up doing is so it was actually ineffective at killing fire ants specifically, but it, it was It did turn super... the entire South into Republicans. <laughs> 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 so no no so what it ended up doing was it was 
super effective at killing native ant species. So basically what they did is they created an ant vacuum and so it the the uh, the spreading it just accelerated the spreading of the fire ants because it eliminated <laughs> their competition and it eliminated any other like insects or small birds or animals that would have eaten ants too so they were just spread unimpeded and it's super cool the north american fire ants they've evolved a slight differential from their South American counterparts in that the um, American fire ants actually have ant colonies where there are multiple queens in the same colony. So that like just doubles or triples or quadruples their ant egg output. Um, Oh, so wow. It sounds like humans uh, tried something on a whim and just fucked up everything. (laughs) (laughs) So, ooh, so it's cool. So what the entomologists are thinking of doing to try and combat the spread of the fire ants is uh, they're importing another foreign species, the fire ants. This m- sounds so bad. Oh, my gosh. I can't <laughs> wait to see how it backfires. Oh, so, um, so they're importing the, and they already have done this. They're not just talking about it although uh we have yet to see how this will pen out fully so the fire ants main like predator in south america is this type of fly called the uh it's like i think it's like a uh forid fly um it's like p-h-o-r-i-d it's it's uh it's a little fly you know it looks like a fruit fly sort of um, so, uh, from now on, I'm going to call it the xenomorph or face hugger fly. Cause that's what it is. <laughs> face with um, a pH. Um, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And also it's easier to pronounce. So it's so cool. So what they do is little face hugger flies. They, they see the little fire ant colonies and the little fire ant mommies go and like lay an egg on top of a fire ant. And they do this like dozens and dozens of dozens of times. So it's not just like once this seriously significantly impacts the population of a fire ant colony. So they lay the egg and the little, little like uh, maggot hatches and it goes into the ant and it eats the ant from the inside out. And it's so cool because they... (laughs) Thank God they're just robots. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's so cool actually because they'll like eat a whole portion of the ant and it'll just fall off. Like their heads, the ant's heads will just like fall off because like all the flesh and organs inside the head have been eaten. Do they eat exclusively fire ants? So far, yes. God, I can't wait to see how this backfires. You're right. We're going to have other things being eaten from the inside out (laughs) once those things get hungry from killing all the fire ants. (laughs) Why why don't they get those fucking funguses? The cordyceps? Is that the ones that control the minds of ants? Yeah, I know. That's cool. Yeah, why don't we get those and see how that backfires? Yes. That's how the zombie apocalypse was born. Yes, yes. Thank you, The Last of Us. <laughs> is that, wait, did that ha- is that how it happened in that? So, yeah, in The Last of Us, that's how the zombie apocalypse oh. starts, is the, the cordyceps fungus uh, spreads from ants to humans. Although, I, ex- I will explain Nick, that I will... for our listeners what the cordyceps okay, fungus that's is. So cool. Keep, so, keep, keep in mind, we got about five minutes left on this topic. I'm probably going to go over it. Anyway, so. Um, <laughs> So, uh, the uh, cordyceps fungus is is so weird. It is so 
freaking weird. It's weird how like so, how to try to explain how something like this possibly could have evolved. I know. So basically, um, so I'm gonna start at the moment where um, it gets ingested by an ant. Okay. Okay. And I burp again. <laughs> um, so uh, it's going to start at the moment when it gets suggested by an ant. Okay. And uh, so the the fungus, once it's in the ant system, it, it actually takes over. Dang it. It actually takes <laughs> over. And I really do sound like Rick here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> t- takes over. <laughs> um, it takes over the... Uh, ant's nervous system and its motor functions okay and uh it actually like it takes control of the ant is it just any ant ant or is it a certain type of ant i don't know actually um i'll look into that so it takes over the ant and then it forces the ant and actually other ants can tell when an ant another ant has been infected by cordyceps and they actually pick it up and carry it way far away from the colony and drop it off in the middle of nowhere to die alone and painfully Mm -hmm. um so they they take it to the middle of nowhere and so once the um cordyceps takes it over it's like a zombie it has these like really like lurching movement to it and it's it's the the fungus is in control and it forces the ant to uh climb to the top top of a stalk of grass or some other small leafy green will do but it's typically grass and it just stands there okay um and uh um it's what it's waiting for is it's waiting for rabbits to come along and eat the grass, okay? And then, so the rabbit comes, eats the grass, and, you know, with the ant with it. And then, so in the intestinal tract of the rabbit, that's where cordyceps reproduces. And then the rabbit poops, and then the cordyceps fungus grows like mushroom-ish looking things mm-hmm. like out of the rabbit's poop piles. And then this fungus happens to be like, because this type of ant that it preys on eats fungus. So then an ant comes along and it's like, a second. Fear number three, how the president grabbed me. Yes, he did, Melissa. Yes, he did. <laughs> so, um, so then, then, so the the ant comes along, and it's like, mmm, dinner, and it eats the fungus, and cordyceps, like in ha- once inside the ant, takes it over, and the process repeats again. And a little side note: so cordyceps wants needs to be eaten by that rabbit, um for it to reproduce but sometimes if the it takes long enough for the uh um uh ant to be eaten by it just if it's just there for long enough it's really cool like the ant's head or its back sometimes will split open and the mushroom looking part of the fung cordyceps will sprout out of it so like it'll grow either way 
Um, so it does need that rabbit's intestinal oh, tract to reproduce. Okay. But uh, the uh, the the head mushroom that I mentioned that can produce spores that can infect other ants. But like I said, okay. it wants to be eaten by the rabbit. It needs the rabbit. Yeah, so geez. so basically, so the thing the the main takeaway from that is so as cool as the last of us is, you have no need to worry about cordyceps infecting humans because not only do ants have a way more simple like infinitely more simple nervous system than humans do uh also for cordyceps reproduce like i said it needs to be eaten and pooped out and then its victim needs to essentially eat the poop so unless there is just a rabbit poop eating fetish that just sweeps <laughs> the nation cordyceps will not spread to humans well i mean so if you ever need a reason to not eat rabbit what, poop, what, what if there's right there. what if there's some kind of crazy scientist trying to quickly evolve this cordyceps mushroom to affect different parts of the human uh, well it would still how, honestly, it would so it would still need to go through an intestinal tract to reproduce. You know, a lot of people it think needs that. You know, a lot of people <laughs> think uh, mushrooms mm-hmm. are like from like some mm-hmm. people think mushrooms are like alien mm-hmm. because they can uh, travel. I think well, this could be conjecture. I don't really know. Um, but spores can travel through space. They're one of the mm-hmm. only things that can travel space unharmed. Them and water bears. Yeah, um, and they're all they, mushrooms. Also behave like nothing else mm-hmm. on this planet. They're and weird. they give you these. They give humans these weird. Hallucinogens, hallucinogens from the ones with the psilocybin, right? I don't know his name. Sorry. No, psilocybin. That's that's like the the thing in mushrooms that give you the. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Vince, we know you're tripping right now. (laughs) (laughs) Who told you? You swear you wouldn't tell anyone. How the fuck would a a species evolve to that? That is such a complex thing. I know. It's one of the weirdest reproductive cycles on the planet. Something, Um, especially with something we generically wouldn't say has consciousness or wouldn't say has really much mm -hmm. control of its actions, if any. Mm -hmm. It's wild. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, it's cool. Speaking of weird reproductive cycles, did you know that anglerfish actually fuse when they mate? Like the male anglerfish actually fuse fuses into the female anglerfish and they become one fish literally one fish do they survive after that for long um they turn into a sperm producing organ uh, well then do how does wait, <laughs> wait it's are, like so that's like, like topic for another split six that's but, true yeah. speaking of reproduction did you know that the newest uh, supreme court justice nominee likes to reproduce by raping people apparently <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> that was a good segue. <laughs> that was such a good segue. Try to keep him coming, but Brett Kavanaugh. So, so um, also, last little entertainment thing, uh, real quick. I did. See- also, that was, none of that was entertainment. That last. Tangent yes, it was. was. Shush. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I I did see the Happy Time Murders recently. That is my least favorite movie of the year. Um, and it will go down there with Manos, The Hands of Fate, Hellcats, and The Room is one of the worst movies of the, you know, probably one of the worst movies of all time. Terrible, 
disgusting, <laughs> like really nauseatingly awful, disgusting movie. Anyways, but so Brett Kavanaugh. Go Brett on. Kavanaugh, Supreme Court nominee by the very great Donald Trump, has been accused by. Did you write down her name? Uh, by a woman from his past, or you know, I guess nothing's proven yet. Um, but but has been accused of an attempted rape back. I think it was like thirty-five years ago, right? You, I don't know exactly how far away it was. Around, how, how sorry? How long ago it was that this accused uh, sexual or alleged sexual harassment happened? So main uh, main aspect of the story. It was a long time ago. The mm-hmm. woman did just come out and say it. Um, there were documents back in 2012 from a couples therapy session that referenced it, mm-hmm. and. Um, the, also this weird thing with because the, there was another man involved too mm-hmm. and there's this weird <laughs> the other man involved like wrote like a fictional novel where one of the characters last name was like O. Kavanaugh <laughs> 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 and like had like had, had like references to stuff like that like it was strange <laughs> oh that's sad and hilarious but, at the same time so the what what the vote to confirm Kavanaugh mm-hmm. has been delayed and they're mm-hmm. going to have a hearing mm-hmm. next Monday under oath of Kavanaugh and the I guess I have a computer right in front of my fucking face so I should look it so, up. So uh so I do not like Brett Kavanaugh. I disagree with his politics. Um and so you know so yeah no I have a bias against him cuz I'm liberal and he's conservative. But I am I really hope this scandal uh, whether or not it's true, I I hope it does delay his nomination until after the midterms for two reasons. One, uh, uh, President Obama's last Supreme Court nominee, Mayor Garland, uh, who thank you, uh, he is the he was the longest delayed Supreme Court nomination ever in American history. Okay. Over a year, four hundred and twenty days. Yeah, right? um, because the the Republicans in Congress said that well, Obama is a he's a lame duck president right now, and therefore it is it is unjust uh, for uh, him to decide this, and we need to let the American people weigh in on this Supreme Court nomination by waiting until after the general elections Something so before we do this. And then by here, Mitch McConnell here, and so this, unprecedented. And so, yes, very unprecedented. In fact, did you know that the next, like the second longest delayed Supreme Court nominee was delayed because of the Civil War? <laughs> Seriously. Um, uh... Um, Nino told me that, so you know it's true. Please don't hurt us, Nino. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so, and I was gonna say, so, and then here in this case, the uh, uh, midterms are half a year away, and what? they the, the midterms are like thirty. Well, I mean, oh, when, when his thing started, his nomin- I think it was a half year away when Wait, his... you're talking about, like, the midterm elections? Yeah, the midterm elections. Wait. What? No, like, they're, they're in November. 
So Kavanaugh was I, nominated like in August. Oh, I'm sorry, my mistake. Thank you <laughs> for like correcting me. They're like two or three months away. Of my apologies. I don't fucking so, know when November is, and neither do you. Apparently, apparently I don't. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought he was nominated sooner than that. So uh, here, so uh, this guy gets nominated just a couple months away from the midterm elections, and uh, the Republicans in Congress want to ram his nomination through as quickly as possible, and. When questioned about this hypocrisy, uh, Mitch McConnell said that, well, my my statement about the American people need to weigh in on Supreme Court nominations, it, it, it applies to general elections, presidential elections, not midterms. And I think that is disgustingly hypocritical. It is hypocritical. clearly bullshit. That, that's disgustingly hypocritical. And so I hope that Kavanaugh's nomination is postponed until after the midterms. And also, um, I also do not respect him because if you've seen anything of his hearings, like his nomination hearings, like he's a weasel. He will yeah. not commit to any opinion on anything and if he really is a uh sorry belching again uh <laughs> um if he really is uh excuse me sorry <laughs> sorry morty i'm so credible boo <laughs> <laughs> so uh if he that's the one downside about this beer is it gives me the burps um so uh if he really is a like faithful good christian you know family values conservative uh then he should have the courage to come out and say so he should have the courage to come out and say yes my opinions are right leaning on these issues not this like i don't know about this uh what do you call it abortion i have no opinion on that yeah what is that he called uh birth control pills like abortion preventing pills i don't i don't even know he said he's this guy is going to have the probably the most power in america if mm-hmm. you consider like you know in terms of everybody on the supreme court because he's mm-hmm. replacing justice justice kennedy who was a was a republican but a notorious swing vote because he leaned liberal or uh, liberal he was on a, the social he, he was a free thinker yeah like he didn't mindlessly agree with the republican party's platform right and to be fair the democrats party platform either yeah Um, you know he was a free free he was a conservative leaning free thinker and i'm totally cool with that because he was perfectly honest about that Mm -hmm. you know he was there was none of this like oh i don't know if i lean right or not i mean like i don't have any opinions on anything i mean like can i can I have some more of this delicious? What do you call it? Water? That's my favorite beverage. <laughs> uh, uh, did you see some of the questions asked to this guy from the Republicans? I did. Someone asked I don't him remember like a, specifics. One of them asked him, like, I right, gotta know, why do you use such a big Sharpie? What? Because <laughs> he was using a Sharpie and it was a bigger version of Sharpie. He's like, so I can see. 
Is that? <laughs> sorry, sorry, curiosity was killing me. All right, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> just, gosh, it's, it's a comedy like, joke show. Like yeah. no one gives a shit no, about it's like, this guy. It, they just want to. They just want to ram through mm. the Republican agenda. And the thing mm-hmm. is that they are much better at ramming through their agenda than the Democrats are. And that's what makes Mitch McConnell so great for his own party mm-hmm. because he can delay Merrick Garland four hundred and eighty or four hundred twenty days or whatever it was. And. and and then try to ram this guy through as fast as he can, even saying things like it doesn't matter what happened in his past regarding um, Christine Baisley Ford, who is the the woman accusing Kavanaugh mm-hmm. of the attempted at rape back. Yeah, and it's when. like I've heard comparisons have been made to uh, Clarence Thomas's nomination for the Supreme Court. Um, and uh, so because they were also uh, similar-ish nominate you know sorry accusations made against clarence thomas uh-huh. of sexual you know of sexual harassment and uh um clarence thomas is an airhead okay like <laughs> uh he he doesn't ask questions during supreme court cases like he gives no indication that he's actually thinking about anything he just like oh, oh, what's the republican party want okay Cool, I'll go with that. <laughs> um, and like, uh, I mean, like, I mean, like, you know, with the uh, former, you know, now deceased Supreme Court Justice uh, Anton Scalia. Um, so, you know, I disagreed with him because I'm left leaning and he's right leaning. But I, you know, uh, I respect that he would ask questions he would be actually taking interest in a case and he unlike kavanaugh wasn't like a spineless wiener and he actually you know would say yes i'm a conservative and i mean that that, i think that that really gets under my grill that he's like well i don't have any opinion on anything it's like (laughs) no no john flapjack's dang it i do not respect that if you you are a real conservative you you be proud of that and you explain to me why that is the why you are have that political mindset you know none of this like oh i mean it's uh Whoa! I, I don't know anything about that. Or whoever was whoever was questioning him, and, and, and they and, were like, and "Like, and just so you all know, that's not actually how Kavanaugh talks. I just like using that voice." <laughs> um, but someone was questioning him, asking him like about whether he had any conversations with like uh, a certain group that mm-hmm. I think had ties to the, the Russia investigation or like mm-hmm. Mueller's probe or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying like. Um, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. if you could like tell me who you're talking about exactly, I could tell you if I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you yeah. know they keep pressing. And this exchange is so fucking hilarious. You got to look it up. Places. <laughs> um, but we haven't mm. even gotten to the biggest problem with Kavanaugh's nomination. Nah. And the fact is, this is you know here's something suspicious about it. Mitch McConnell told President Trump, I believe, on record that Kavanaugh would be his the one he the judge he wants him least to nominate because the paperwork trail is so long and you know we mm-hmm. they haven't even they've released like like 10 percent of the paperwork from when he was in office uh kavanaugh was in like doing something with the bush administration or mm-hmm. whatnot you know they're withholding a lot of it because there's probably shady shit in there mm-hmm. um 
But Kavanaugh is the notoriously of all the nominees, mm-hmm. the one that believes a sitting president cannot be indicted or cannot even be investigated. And I wonder why the mm. president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, would pick this one, even though mm. Mitch McConnell has uh, rallied against it and, and others, you know, knowing this is going to be the hardest one to approve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's probably because uh, Donald Trump is probably guilty of something. And uh, Oh, I mean, ugh, dang it, I keep belching. Um, so, uh, the habaneros. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, so, I, you, you know Putin has something on Trump. After that, uh, that meeting in Russia, like, Trump was way too cozy to Putin for that to be just an admiration of Putin. Putin has something on him. Like, you know, like, regardless of how serious it is, like, even if it is nothing, even if Putin doesn't have anything on him, like, that is an unhealthy love of Russia, like, just, like, uh, not even love, like, a fanaticism for Russia that, like, um, even if he real like, Putin really actually doesn't have any dirt on Trump, like, Trump loves Russia way too much. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, best case scenario, I guess, for the country is that Trump wants all this to be squashed quickly because mm-hmm. it's just business tidings that he has with russia which i which could still hold russian influence over donald trump mm-hmm. but like someone gave him money when the united states banks weren't loaning him money mm-hmm. and i think it's a fair bet to say that it could have been uh the richest man and allegedly the richest man in the world vladimir putin mm-hmm. and uh his cronies mm-hmm. <laughs> um but you know that's all that's not even the first in donald trump's uh, great week uh, do you see him discredit the claims on Puerto Rico in the hurricane? Uh, who discredited claims on Puerto Rico? Donald Trump in a tweet, of course. Oh, his Donald Trump's claims were discredited. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm saying that Donald Trump tried to say that the report done by, I think, George Washington University mm-hmm. on the amount of deaths that happened in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. being near 3,000, he said that those were not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Um yeah, he tweet. Gosh, it's like he said that. Gosh, he's handled. He said there was like twelve people that died after when I was there and whatnot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, he also he thinks it's a political ploy by the Democrats to like. Yeah, kind of, he's saying that. Oh, the the believe me, the Democrats they're just using people who died of old age to fluff up the numbers. You would people come to me all the time and say, Donald, you have such huge hands. And there was such a smaller amount of people who died in Puerto Rico than the Democrats say. And your hands are so large compared to the small, tiny number of people who died in Puerto Rico. Oh, it just makes me so incensed as to how we got here where we have a cartoon president spouting <laughs> we, bullshit we, fake. We, we fake, have fake Nick, news Nick, and calling what we Nick. calling what everything else is fake news when he's saying the fake news like nick nick like uh i think i think it's pretty obvious that we are living in fiction okay we are living in the prequel 
to Mad Max. Or, and, or the and, prequel and, to and, fucking Rick and Morty, like yeah. you said. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump and, knows he's a cartoon character. That's why he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, like uh, that. Oh, that's a good. That's a good theory. I like that. No, no. I, uh, I I subscribe to the theory that Donald Trump is Immortan Joe. And uh, it won't be long now till he starts telling poor people that they're only dying of dehydration because they're addicted to water. I think, I think it's only a matter of time. Ugh. And, well, I mean, well, I mean, of course, that'll only come after he starts a pointless nuclear war. Yeah, um, you know, all of those things sound insane, but so did half of the things that have happened in the last two, almost two years. Well, no, two years. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're coming up on the anniversary of the Billy Bush tape, too. Something I never thought would fucking happen. Nonetheless, result in a presidential win. <laughs> uh, but boy, oh boy, does it drive me nuts. And I don't, and I honestly, I don't really see many bright spot the bright spots i see is that there could be a blue wave coming oh there there is a blue wave in fact the blue wave is going through i mean uh, a lot of uh so there have been some very high level wins by left-leaning progressive upstarts but even though the majority of uh you know left-leaning you know, liberal primary challengers to, to senators and governors have been unsuccessful. A ton of lower level progressive challengers to establishment Democrats have been successful. Yeah. Um, like, uh, um, like, you know, so, uh, in Michigan here, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, you know, beat out Al Zaid, uh, for the gubernatorial primary election, yep. but a bunch of uh, really progressive, really good, likable candidates won the smaller, more local level elections, right. which is, I think, a, a good thing because uh, American politics as a whole lean very right, and like I mean, like uh, most of the world actually, you know, excepting like. Russia or uh, Iran, you know, uh, or very, you know, very right leaning countries like that. Uh, um, Bernie Sanders would actually be considered a centrist in most of the world. He would not be considered left wing in most of the world. And so I think this country as a whole has swung too far to the right and we really need to bring it back towards the left. So I think these uh, progressives, these left-leaning like primary challengers to establishment, corrupt establishment Democrats, uh, is a good thing because I think American politics as a whole needs to move to the left. Yeah, um, I was on a golf trip last weekend with uh-huh. a bunch of my father yeah. and my father's friends. A bunch of your fathers? I didn't know you had more than one dad. <laughs> a bunch of my dad's friends. I'm sorry, these are 7.7% beers. They're getting me a little toasty. <laughs> Shut up, Morty. Uh, I'm the only one who's allowed to be drunk here. But, Vince, I literally was at a table talking politics with them. Mm-hmm. And we got as far as to them disagreeing me, agreeing with me that... The country was better off after Obama than it was before, and they said no, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And being like, I, can you find any sense that that is remotely true? 
I, I really think the last, like, I'm not a fan of George W. Bush, and uh, I think a lot of his decisions, and they are his decisions, because he controlled Congress, you know, the his first term, and really, it wasn't until, really wasn't until, I think, the 2006 midterms that he lost control of Congress. Like, he, the the Democrats were spineless wieners, and they did whatever he wanted during his first term because Fox News would say that they were terrorist sympathizers if they went against him in his first term. And he still uh, had Congress in his second term. Uh, So his decisions came home to roost at the end of his presidency. uh, And I really think, as much as I really do respect John McCain, um, God rest his soul, uh, I really think Obama's uh, policies are what put this country saved it from the great recession even though i think there are a million things i think obama could have done a better job on and there are uh uh just so many issues in which he was disappointing and he capitulated to corporate interests and he snuggled up to uh you know the corporations and big money um and kept essentially the same foreign policy things as George W. Bush and kept Guantanamo Bay open. And, you know, he was a very disappointing president. But uh, he did improve the country in his tenure as president, even though I think he really could have and should have improved the country far more. He did improve it. He did leave the country better off than it was when he first took office. But did, So you would say that their theory that the country was no better off after Obama than it was after Bush? Say it again? I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't, I don't, I didn't, they were I didn't understand tell me, your question. They were trying to tell me that Obama didn't leave the country any better than Bush did. I would say that is untrue or inaccurate uh, because Bush left the country he well bush his actions helped create the great recession and bush left the country during the great recession he took office during the booming 90s left the country or you know at the you know technically the end of the booming 90s uh um uh left office at the beginning of the great recession yeah and obama like he stopped the great recession I would consider that the great recession comically and the, the, inaccurate, but that's yeah. what I'm dealing with, mm-hmm. and that's what we're dealing with as a nation with mm-hmm. people believing these two things that aren't true. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how to fucking bridge the gap. I, I think, um, yeah, no, uh, that that's a uh, that's a really good point, and uh, I think that is really uh, unfortunate that there is such a deep rift between. Uh, mostly the younger generations and the older generations but between between you know left-leaning people and right-leaning people there most of the time there is such a deep rift and that is uh unfortunate and something we need to work to fix and obviously there will always be disagreements you know we're never all gonna have this the same opinion on things and that's good that's a good thing but when like uh we 
can't even all agree on something like the Sandy Hook Elementary shooting was actually a real shooting. Yeah. Like that's that's well, we can't sad. We're that's so sad. we're so f- far apart that we can't agree on unequivocal truths. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's even like, reading like, some things on Facebook of mutual friends, like mm-hmm. seeing, hearing people talk about <laughs> like science, like it's just a hypothesis or a theory, like they yeah. don't understand what those well, words even well, fucking mean. It's it's like I mean, and I think you know some scientists like Neil deGrasse Tyson being pretentious, you know, uh, jerk weasels doesn't help matters, um, but. Yes, like uh, I think this, like this, disputing facts is really damaging to our national discourse. You know, it's like some people, and I can understand where they're coming from. They see, uh, like corporations denying obvious truths, like global warming. They see nut cases like Alex Jones denying that school shootings actually happen and they get really pretentious they get really like ah, um uh I'm smarter than you are so shut up uh but that does not help it does not help you are just pouring gasoline on the fire like stop that like you know um yeah. that, that, that that's not going to that's not going to improve the situation Stay, you know, stick up for what you believe in, but don't be a jerk to people you disagree with. Even if, like, these people are misinformed on the basic facts, don't. That does not make it okay for you to be a pretentious, you know, scumbag to them. Yeah, I agree. Like, if they're misinformed on the basic facts, just do your job and try to change their mind on one of them. <laughs> That's all the time we got here, Vince. <sighs> I think this was good. This was this was satisfying. Got anything you want to plug? Um, the uh, um, Michigan legislature has uh, adopted a minimum wage increase in order to take the minimum wage increase off the ballot for the uh, November midterms. So uh, let's hope they actually like make that law instead of just enacting it and then gutting it right away to stop the Michigan minimum wage from going up. What are they... <laughs> Similar to what happened to Dylan <laughs> in, uh, in, in Arizona? Uh, I guess that'll be a subject for another Split yeah. Six, Nick. All right, guys, this has been the Split Six Podcast. Podcast where we split a six back and forth at three different topics each over the course of one beer. Remember, it's more important to listen to what somebody else is saying than it is for somebody else to hear what you are. I am Nick Wagella. Follow me on Twitter at Nick Wagella. Follow us on Facebook at Split Six Media. Rate, review, subscribe. None of you ever do, but do it for once. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you for splitting six with us. And I hope you have a better than expected and outstandingly fantastic evening. Peace, bitches!